Angie Coombs, The Waterfall Journey. Workbook, Study 5, The Waterfall, Part 3, The Emotional Consequences of the Fall. Let us start this study by reading again Genesis chapter 3. Before the fall, Adam and Eve had a definable place, a secure foundation, an experience of having all their needs fully satisfied in the relationship with Father God. In that place, in the waterfall of God's love, they were filled by Him to overflowing allowing them to have full and satisfying relationships with each other. The vertical relationship with the Father was the key to deep and perfect harmony between human beings. However, out of that environment we were created to inhabit, with trust broken and in the throes of the spiritual death caused by isolation with the Father, the image we were created to be became distorted. God had created Adam and Eve with his characteristic other-centeredness, but after the fall, we became driven by our own needs and survival. I became God. Anyone today reflecting on their own brokenness or the state of society will be able to see a littered trail of broken relationships and selfish behaviours. God makes us aware of our need for healing by bringing the pain of our inner story to the surface through memories and circumstances, past and present. We can be pleased when this happens, for what God starts he finishes, and the Holy Spirit is highlighting in our pain here is something I want to heal. Years of journeying have shown that not everyone is willing to let God deal with their pain. It is both part of the blessing and the cost of discipleship. Facing the pain of our inadequacies and wounds, being open to healing and letting go of the past, we can reach out to the freedom and the wholeness that Jesus died to give us. Each person has a unique journey to wholeness and to recovering their true identity. We are who God says we are. We are not defined by our inner pain. Our stories are important. God entrusted each one of us to our own individual walk and he wants to restore us and make those stories matter in kingdom terms. For his purposes, we need our stories to be redeemed in his own. Look again at Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13. If we are not connected to the Father as our source, we must meet our needs somewhere. We are all driven to the system where we believe we can be filled with a sense of love and belonging, value and worth, and meaning and purpose. But cut off from the wellspring of life Jesus speaks of in John chapter 4, we're alone and isolated, unsure of ourselves, 
and are wracked by feelings of being less than everyone else. Life seems pointless because we cannot measure up. So we all dig our own systems and have different contents in our buckets. But our idols, those things that we try and use to fill our emptiness, cannot do what God can. For example, one person may get satisfaction and fulfillment from their job as the wholesome outcome of their effort. But another may judge his worth and sink his identity into the way he experiences his job. On a bad day, he sees himself as a hopeless failure. He's relying on the job and not his Heavenly Father to fill his life with meaning, value and worth. His job then has become an idol. Man's thinking, feeling and choices are no longer in tune with the Father's heart and the image of God we carry, the family likeness, is distorted. As trust was broken by disobedience, there was an immediate fundamental change. The other-centeredness of harmony became the I must survive of independence. Thirst for what we have lost drives all our behaviour towards our system, where we scoop up into our buckets those things that we think will deliver our needs and fill our emptiness. Our deeply buried motivation is to get our needs met at all costs. Let's restate God's intention for his children. Adam and Eve in the waterfall of the Father's love knew that they were absolutely loved, they were at home, they belonged. They lived within a relationship of acceptance and security. They were valued. God wanted to spend time with them and had gone to much trouble to set them in a place of shared delights. They had worth. God gave them both trust and responsibility and the freedom to act. They had meaning and purpose in their lives as stewards of creation and co-workers with the Father in His purposes. All their emotional needs were met first in relationship with the Father. Now let's go back to Genesis 3 and reflect on these questions. Question 1. In this chapter, what was the weak spot the devil was attacking? Question 2. List the feelings you recognise that led to and that flowed from eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Question 3. Our inner story is about what we think and feel and the choices we make. Consider Adam and Eve's inner stories and imagine what went on for them before and after the fall. Question 4. Why did God give his children free will? Question 5. Consider your inner story now. What are your beliefs about yourself and the world? What feelings make life difficult for you? Do you choose your path? 
Or are you ruled by I must and I should? The good news is that when we're born again, God starts offering us restoration. When we come into the waterfall, abiding in God's presence, the healing can be speeded up as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in a growing awareness of what He is doing. As He deals with our pain and brokenness, He is also honing and equipping us for the way that we will be used. In this we will find every event and tear in our story, once transformed, will add to the resources of the Kingdom. But living in the fallen world, running on empty instead of full tanks of love, we experience life like balancing on a pin instead of on the firm rock we were born to stand on. Instead of love and belonging, we experience aloneness and isolation. Instead of value and worth, we feel less than others and have low self-esteem. Instead of meaning and purpose, our lives feel empty and without significance. This is the death that God warned against. We were born to live in the waterfall of God's love and the heart-to-heart -heart flow of the Spirit. Outside that, we gasp like a stranded fish on a riverbank. In desperation, we're driven to where we think we can satisfy our raging thirst. Our image is distorted as we try and survive in the wrong place. We were created to be surrounded and drenched by love, but parents and big people can only give out of what they've received. Not all our circumstances and experiences are favourable, causing us emotional wounds and to live out the negative messages we've believed about ourselves. We have thirsts. We learn very early in life what strategies work for us and what defences we need to keep ourselves safe. We hide our pain and play out the role that means we survive so that we're not discovered to be the failure we perceive ourselves to be. Our identity comes from what we think other people think of us and the gap between the part we play on the outside and our inner life gets more and more disconnected. We all live out of a place of distortion until healing restores the broken image. Therefore, in the fallen world, we all have thirsts. When we give our life to Christ, God starts the work of transformation. It is the sanctification process. Slice by slice, God will restore us, healing the wounds, unpicking our twisted thinking and aligning us again to his heart. When we come into the waterfall, the process can be speeded up because the Holy Spirit will teach us how to cooperate with Him in both our healing and equipping. For it is the, with the comfort that we receive that we will comfort others. That's from 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4. In our subsequent studies, 
we will learn how to apply the tools of transformation to our lives under the direction of the Holy Spirit. As we look in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13, God names the two sins that cut us off from him. Firstly, turning our back on all he is and offers us. And secondly, by our own efforts, trying to replace what we should draw from him. Let's do some reflection and journaling. Question one, in what situations do you turn away from God? Question two, do you play God, thinking you know best in your life and for others? Question three, in what situations do you dig a system? What do you put in your bucket? Question four, in what areas of your life would you find it difficult to relinquish control to God? Question five, dare you, like David, open yourself up to God as he did in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24? And question six, what truths do you need to hold on to in the coming weeks? Find Bible verses to stand on. You might write your own prayer to declare your intentions. Here is mine. I choose to live this day in the waterfall of your love, that I might be led by the Holy Spirit on the way of holiness, following the footsteps of Jesus and in the presence of the Father, to the fulfillment of your divine purpose. Enable me, Lord, to learn and grow in you today. Amen. This is the challenge for us all. What changes do you feel God is asking you to make in your life? What do you need to help you make changes a reality? In the next episode, Living in the Waterfall, we look at the practical, how do I do that, of cooperating with the Holy Spirit on the journey to restoration. Do have a look at the Waterfall channel on YouTube for videos that expand this teaching.